Welcome back, everyone, because, well, it's another fine edition of Theme Park the Movie, the podcast where we talk about our favorite movies and the theme park attractions inspired by them. This is your host, Travis Kirkland, and, you know, podcasters such as I are often called content creators, but sometimes, occasionally, those content creators can be content creators, where we create the content about Kong, King Kong himself? Well, that's got to be the case of today, ladies, gentlemen, and everybody else, because not only on this episode we'll be talking about two Kongs, we'll be talking about three Kongs? What? Triple the Kongs? That's right, listeners, we'll be talking about the 1933 original King Kong, the 70s remake of King Kong, and the Universal Studios Attraction Confrontation. Oh my goodness, that's a that's a lot of monkey business going on there. Do, do we have a, a good enough guest to handle all this Kong business? Yes, we do. Because on this episode is Mr. Ian Kaufman from Orlando Park Stop Podcast. Or is it just Park Stop Podcast? I think it's just Park Stop Podcast. I don't want to add another moniker to that to mislabel their podcast. But it is Mr. Ian Kaufman joining us for this fine time talking about triple the kong that means it's triple the fun so let's not delay that fun and let's go ahead and ride the movie Listeners of the podcast, please welcome Ian Kaufman. Hey, kids. Oh, my hey, goodness. What's going on? Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't yeah. believe you knew that all of my listeners were kids. Yeah, yeah. I say that all the time. I don't know. It's yeah, just my uh, thing. I think I realized later on in life that I kind of stole it from Kevin Smith, but I had no idea that I stole it from Kevin Smith. So, <laughs> Steal from the best. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Just run with it. I'm just glad, though, that even though uh, even though we do use foul language on that, uh, you, that you know that I do market this podcast to children. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to behave. Alicia makes me behave. We, we uh, edit out the stuff. When oh, it's you like, don't have to behave here, my friend. You can say things like like but and damn but. hell <laughs> yeah sweet. Ah, freedom yeah get yeah get your butts all uh, get your butts all out on the podcast right here you don't need to awesome yeah on it's you know what that that pot that thing you do park stop more like butt stop because you can't say that (laughs) park park butt yes park butt oh my god yes that's gonna be another patreon okay let's move on but (laughs) yes yes let's let's move on to the things that you actually do and listeners if the voice of ian is familiar to you that is because you can hear him as one of the co-hosts of the podcast, Park Stop Podcast. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. My uh, podcast wife. Yeah, that you co-host with uh, with a friend of the show, previous guest, Alicia Stella. Yep, the permit princess herself, as she likes to be called now. Oh, somebody, really? some Yeah, somebody called her that once, and we're just running with it. It's pretty good. Yeah, oh my goodness. Again, uh, I we said this kind of off mic earlier, but once you say it on a podcast, it is permanent. It is forever, yeah. So she is forever the permit princess. A permanent princess. I, no, permit, permit, well, permit. Well, permit, prince. Well, permanent. Yes, yes. Well, per- permits are permanent, too. 
the permanent permit princess. There we go. Oh, We're good now. The three P's in life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Park Stop Podcast is a really fun. It's a it's just a really fun free forum chat show with uh, you and Alicia just talking about all the newest things happening in theme parks. Yeah, we try to catch up on uh, whatever's coming, and it's exciting. I like to look at the permits with her and stuff. Um, and Alicia's just really good at what she does, so it's it's fun to to talk and nerd out with with a friend about theme park stuff. Now she that deep into it. Yeah, now she is really good at reading those permits. Do you think you have gotten any better at reading these these permits and city ordinances and all these other mumbo jumbos? I get lucky on occasion on picking stuff out. So far, I think my biggest claim to fame was figuring out something with stroller parking, which is really not that cool. But I was like, I wonder what those symbols are. And we just kind of figured it out. But uh, I've won a few beers from her, guessing some things correct. She was she was saying that there was going to be a, a live person at the beginning of Born, And I said, no, they're probably going to get rid of that. And she, I want a beer off her for that. So every once in a while, I get something right. But wow. she's, definitely the, she's definitely the queen of that stuff. She's really good at it. So. And it's very fun to hear you two uh, just riff and talk about stuff. It's just a, you know, I I don't know about you, and I don't want to throw shade at any other theme park podcast, but, you know, <laughs> I, I think sometimes, and, you know, it's not just theme park podcast, but any uh, podcast of any uh, sort of centered interest, it's like, I think sometimes the talk can be a little... Uh, gatekeeping or can be a little too inside baseball or dare I say a little snobby at times yeah, a little too yeah. high on their own supply maybe but uh, hearing you two just riff on stuff it's just like oh yeah it's just hearing my buddies talking about the type of stuff that I like hearing news about you know I actually hope that's what everyone thinks because Alicia and I are just really good friends like she's her 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 and uh, her wife have been super helpful with my move down to Florida and stuff like they're they're amazing people so I hope it sounds like we're just like old friends chatting and yeah. everybody else is listening in how did but, you two yeah. Yeah, how did you two meet um so I was on an episode of uh, I believe uh you've had Lee and Tracy on from UUOP they're Correct. also friends yeah. of mine um <laughs> Tracy bullied me to be a guest host once, even though I was super shy about it. And uh, I told the story on there about visiting Disney and doing a scarf hunt with uh, one of my exes um, down at you know Walt Disney World. And Alicia heard it and it reminded her of, uh, I think it was stickers or earrings. I can't remember which one it was now. And she asked me on to be a guest on her first podcast episode. And then she just kept asking me to come back. And it's been like over three years now, I think. Yeah, now it's been look a while. at you. Yeah, you went from guest on another podcast, guest yeah. on Alicia's podcast, and now you're co-host. Yep. So I kind of owe a little bit to Lee and Tracy for, especially Tracy for pushing me, and then Lee, you know, being so welcoming and trying to get me to come on too. But Tracy was very pushy. She's, she's oh my, yeah, she's lovely, but she is she very is pushy. she's she's amazing. I love her so much, and Lee is great too. And I have a lot of friends that are tied to UUOP, so. Yeah, uh, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, they, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's good to talk about all the friends of the show. <laughs> it's you, great. Ian, you are now a friend of the show. It's I am. I am. Now people can talk about how, No, nobody's going to talk about how they know me. That, all those people have been on the show already. I guarantee. <laughs> I guarantee that after your episode premieres, I'm going to get inundated with requests that I leave the podcast and you just take no, no. You might get like two likes, just like for me being here, and that's about it. Everything else is going to be all you, sir. Trust all right, me. listeners, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this: you better make 
Ian's episode. No shade on the other guests. Wonderful oh, guests boy. that we're gonna have but you better make Ian's Yay. episode the most liked, the most listened to episode this season. You're gonna regret that. Okay. I'm not uh, gonna regret it. I, I good I'm luck, a, folks. Yeah. Well, I'm greedy for numbers too, so I'm just very <laughs> that. Listen to all the shows. Don't just listen to this one. Exactly. That was cool. You should listen to all of them. Listen make sure you catch them all. Catch them all like Pokemon. Speaking of catch them all, <laughs> and hey, speaking of like going from being a guest on someone else's podcast to moving on up, recently, uh, mm. and this is going to be a couple months old by the time this episode of the podcast is released, but so of course you can listen to Park Stop Podcast on the YouTube channel, Theme Park Stop, but that YouTube channel has a spinoff channel called Park Stop Presents. And that mm-hmm. has a lot of uh, videos that are a little uh, off format from what's on the main channel. But one of the videos and a video that I definitely enjoyed on Park Stop Podcast or uh, Park Stop. There was there was so many Park Stop, There's, Stop This, Stop That. Way too many. It's way too many. I did tell Parks. her that. Yeah, I did tell Alicia that that's a good way to f- name everything. Because when you put stop in it, you'll catch people's attention like stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure but on okay on park stop presents yep you that's can, the one you can find the very first video essay from a friend of the show ian kaufman in which he mm-hmm. talks about the wonderfulness that is the original journey into imagination yeah yeah it was fun um so I really, really loved the original as a kid. It really, really, it was my favorite ride. I used to make my parents go on it all the time. Sorry. Um, used to make my parents go on it all, all the time. My dog would stop. Well, your so dog's like, your, your dog's also very excited when you talk about She, she is. She is. She also makes appearances on theme park stop. So. Oh my um, God. We have a yeah. second friend of the show now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> there's, there's three of them here somewhere. Um, wow. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I really, I really, really, really liked that ride a lot. And I, really don't as much as i love eric idol i don't really like the current version it's not horrible it's not as bad as the second version but um so alicia and i had an idea well she she had some ideas we have some more ideas for some things that may still come out um but she did her first episode of uh park thoughts is what we call it i think is what she's calling it she did it on the space on the um what is it space 220 the restaurant Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I decided I was going to try and chip in and try and write an essay, and I threw some ideas at her, and this is the one that we both liked the most. So I tried to write an essay for the first time, and she kind of helped me a little through it. And then she decided she wanted to edit it because she likes imagination so much too. So that's how that came out. But, yeah, that was fun for me to do. Something new to try. And I think I've been – and I've noticed when people – have been either commenting on the video or responding to the video when it's posted on uh, social media that like you really hit a really good nerve for people, really good nostalgic nerve for a lot of people. That ride and Figment himself uh, conjures up just such warm, great memories, including me. And uh, I, I, you know, that's for everything. I, here's the thing. I feel like so much <laughs> is going on at Epcot right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people have very mixed feelings on it, uh, on, you know, what's coming, what what has been done, what hasn't been done. I just feel that if they if they spiffed up Journey into Imagination and made it a good figment ride, 
I think then you'll quiet down most of the Epcot fans because it was like, okay, you gave us this one thing, you know, you gave us what the heart wants. So put in Guardians of the Galaxy, Moana, or, or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I actually think the combination of Dreamfinder and Figment is actually way better. I, I think it works really well because then it allows Figment to be a full-on kid and not a nuisance, and Dreamfinder is kind of like a warm Santa Clausy kind of character. Yeah. So I actually think together they work well, and I they did the comic book of the younger younger version of uh, Dreamfinder. I've so, never, yeah, I've never read those. Uh, I haven't maybe. read them yet. I know of them and I know a little bit about them, but I haven't read them read them yet. So I need to. I'm surprised that uh, hasn't come down the pipeline for like a Disney Plus special or a Disney Plus. I don't. So I I don't understand. Like, obviously, they know Figment is popular, Mm -hmm. but they don't really do anything with him, which is super weird because they're so IP hungry now. It's like just you built you you built a Pirates movie franchise. You did a Jungle Cruise movie. You tried to do Haunted Mansion once. Let's let's do some Figment stuff. Like yeah. please, like Dreamfinder Figment and then build the ride back up to what it like at least as long as it used to be. It's so I, short now. Yeah, it's uh I mean, look, uh we could probably fill the entire podcast <laughs> running time with complaining about the current For journey. sure, for sure. Uh but before we leave Journey into Imagination cuz we got some other business to attend to, real quick What's your favorite Figment outfit? You know, he wears a lot of costumes on that ride and all the various versions of the ride. What's your favorite Figment costume? It might be a little cliche, but I remember the astronaut Figment the most as from being a kid. It's the one I remember the most. I mean, it's definitely like the most Epcot-y like, yeah, for uh, sure. thing. And then like, he, he wants to hitch a ride. Join the ride. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. What about you? What's your favorite one? Ooh, off the top of my head, I... Uh, Okay, I have this weird thing, mm-hmm. but I do love Bring it. him in the tuxedo in the That's a good one. theater performance. But I have a thing where I really like it when like cartoon characters or kid show characters are in tuxedos. So mm-hmm. like if you see Bugs <laughs> Bunny in a tuxedo, uh, it's that's like your hey, jam. That's, that's my jam. Or like when Big Bird just wears the the one part of the tuck shirt around his neck <laughs> I was yeah like, that's oh, awesome look, looking real good i don't know why i like that so much as a visual but uh, i do that's pretty that. awesome what's your favorite room what was your favorite room uh i am a horror fan so when you were mm. going into the horror section and figments holding back the uh horror book from opening mm-hmm. up and there was that cool uh there was that projection screen of just like weird slithery mm-hmm. monster arms that projected yep I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of cool. I mean, it, you know, that the ride can be, you know, really bright and cheerful and colorful, but and have this, like, cool little dark portion of it, you know? Yeah, I think, portion. I think that room's tied with the white room for me. I really like that white room with all the colors everywhere as a kid. I used to, like, stare at it. And then when we went to, like, the literature scary section, I was real into that, too. I love horror, so. Now, would it have been really trippy if, as you – traveled into that white room they played cream's white room uh, <laughs> in your white vehicle. oh that would have been real real crazy I, I wonder how trippy it would have been if there was like if you could like sync up a certain psychedelic 70s soundtrack to the original journey to imagination ride. <laughs> oh now i kind of want to do that for their different rooms maybe i'll do that one day if i can find a nice decent another decent ride through i think a couple decent ones I think you got something there. I think yeah, that might got be something. funny to do. Yeah. On the, but you got to say, if you put it on Patreon, YouTube, you got to cut those <laughs> monetizations yeah. with me, baby. <laughs> That's no problem. 
I'll give you that. I give, I give you some credit, some money credit. Oh, it works. Thank you. Oh, thank you. But uh, you know what? We could talk about figment all the <sighs> time, sure. so much time. But uh, we do have some ape business to attend to. Yep. Yes, so we do. let's start the confrontation with King Kong. movies were made. Adventure to make you wonder if it's true while your eyes convince you that it is. Truly the thrill of thrills. Don't miss it this time. listeners so for this episode we'll actually be talking about two different movies for our movie discussion so let's go ahead with movie one king kong directed by marion c cooper and ernest schoetzak was released on march 7th 1933 it stars Fay ray robert armstrong bruce cabot and many others the stop motion animation by willis o'brien is considered a landmark for movie special effects. 1976, the American merchant vessel Petrox Explorer has just set sail from the port of Surabaya in search of oil. What they find will shock the world. We may be sailing into the history books. They will catch a stowaway. And landing on the beach of the skull, where he heard the roar of the greatest beast. They will rescue a beautiful castaway. She's alive! You know, maybe my luck has changed. And they will discover an uncharted island that is the home of the most incredible creature on the face of the earth. A creature called Kong. and Paramount Pictures present the most exciting original motion picture event of all time. King Kong. King Kong, a fantastic adventure. Over the gate! Ah! 
King Kong, a colossal achievement. King Kong, a motion picture filled with sights and sounds unlike anything you've ever experienced before. King Kong. Don't flood the tank! She fell in! With Jeff Bridges, Charles Grodin, and introducing Jessica Lange as the beauty who charmed the beast. And starring the eighth wonder of the world, King Kong. And as far as movie number two is concerned, that movie is also called King Kong. And that is directed by <laughs> John Gillerman. And that was released on December 17th, 1976. It stars mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges, Jessica Lang, Charles Grodin, and many others. And it is a remake of the aforementioned 1933 film. It is. Now... Ian, is King Kong himself a favorite uh, favorite character, favorite monster of yours? Yeah, yeah, I like Kong. I like all of the uh, kaiju kind of creatures. I like Godzilla and all that stuff, too. So, yeah, I like Kong. What uh, what movie or what form of Kong do you think you first saw as a kid? Probably 76, but it was a while ago, so I don't really remember it much as a kid. But I, I have always liked Kong, so. I don't know if generations who are younger than us will get this but don't you feel like king kong movies were were like a a, almost a constant tv presence in a way like it feels like networks always ran especially in the 76 movie and uh the sequel king kong lives i I think all of those all those were like uh i used to i remember getting up in the morning when i lived in st petersburg and watching like ultraman and stuff on television like godzilla and ultraman and all those old like japanese movies and shows a wonderful monster filled day yeah yeah for sure that's how you start day and then go to go to catholic school and i'm not even catholic so figure that one out oh Um, my god well it's it's those it's those satanic monsters who (laughs) (laughs) Probably. That's a good call. Yeah, but I used to watch all those. So I I think Kong was on a lot. I think Mm. you're right. Now, what made Kong uh, maybe more distinct to you apart from the other monsters? I just, you know, he's a a big ape. It's kind of fun. It's kind of weird and kind of fun. And he kind of destroys everything. And then as I got older, you know, the story kind of has another meaning. Mm. You know, you kind of get a little more of the Beauty and Beast thing. Yeah. Just kind of interesting. So, uh, so, uh, so, okay. So we're talking, we're gonna, so for this discussion, we're gonna kind of backtrack and flip flop between the 1933 original and the 1976 remake. Uh, they're kind of both the same movie. They're kind yeah. of the same movie. Now I will ask you this between these two movies. Uh, what do you prefer? 33. It's hard to beat the classic, isn't it? It is. 76 is there are times when that King Kong version as as an adult that hasn't watched the 76 version in a while that Kong is a little creepy in not good ways. Yeah. <laughs> His big eyes and some of the things that happen in that movie it's a little it's a little creepy and like I said not good ways. Oh no, um there's the uh for those who don't know uh one of the big differences. So of course almost every version of King Kong as you said has a beauty and the beast aspect to it where King Kong falls in love with whoever the lead actress of the movie is. And Mm -hmm. in 1933, it's Faye Ray. In the 76th version, it's Jessica Lange. 
1933 version, uh, Kong is obviously infatuated, but Fei Ray is pretty much constantly screaming throughout yep. that whole movie, just like, ah, ah, yep. ah, but, uh, Oh, the swing in seventies with Jessica Lange. That's that's a that's a different time because uh, they yeah. definitely are like, huh? Maybe there's something of like like the Beauty and the Beast song hmm. says. Maybe there was something there that wasn't there before. <laughs> yeah, they pushed it a little bit, but yeah. And Kong's eyes are like super weird in seventy six. They're super close together, and his pupils are huge. Like it just makes him look more creepy. Not, yeah, like it's I said, not in a good way. Yeah, because like neither version of King Kong, the stop motion version or the man in suit version, I mean, they're not quote unquote realistic. They're obviously very exaggerated mm-hmm. uh, apes. But yeah, there's I I have to imagine for the 76 remake, they made him look quote unquote more human because they wanted to develop that relationship between uh, Kong and Jessica Lang. So it's like, well, he has that kind of have an emotive face um but yeah it, it looks it, it just it like you said it looks creepy and he's it's creepy it's, it's usually creepy. the eyes for me that makes him creepy but i gotta say this too 33 considering it's almost 100 years old it's actually a really well-made film considering how old it is like and it dawned on me while watching it like they were filming with projected screens so mm-hmm. you're watching like a set with a screen and we've already come full circle to that with the volume and like the Mandalorian and stuff. So it's kind of cool. Like, oh, I, yeah, wow. I kind of like thought that. about that. Yeah, I never actually thought about that before. Huh. That's interesting. So it's it's kind of come full circle, but with a new spin with the, you know, the gaming technology and stuff they use. And yeah. The volume to change the camera angle for the backgrounds and all that. But it's 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 come full circle, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I really do think that for a movie that's not going on 100 years old it's it's really well made i i really don't have any complaints you know I, watching it watching it with a modern eye there's some things that make you laugh and go like what is going on and, <laughs> but yeah i mean 33 i think it the reason it still holds up is because i think it is very well paced as an adventure movie mm, definitely um, and i have to say this i love i you know there's different versions of skull island and various versions of kong that i've liked but 33's skull island is my favorite because there's something just sort of weirdly fantastical about it like i feel like as the movies as the other versions all the more modern versions pop up they try to make it more like uh well this is you know a south asian island or a new zealand like island but like Mm -hmm. but like skull island in 33 is like a fantasy island it like the jungles look endless the geography of it doesn't quite make sense but it just has that wonderful like almost the the projection uh technology we were talking about it almost gives the the forest like a painterly quality to the background it does in a very very wonderful way Um, Yeah, yeah i dig it I mean, if it was if they if they if they touched it up a little bit and kind of tried to color balance parts of it a little better so that they blend better, it'd probably be even cooler looking. Like it's really well done. So oh, I, don't, I think you're right with that. Don't give them any ideas, though. Ooh. <laughs> hey, I watch it. It's good. <laughs> now, I mean, the stop motion's really good too, considering how old it is. But. I think it's. I think it again. I think it's the thing that it stands up so well because I think Willis O'Brien and his team. I think they knew 
how to animate with character so well. So like King mm-hmm. Kong, again, he's not realistic. I don't think he would ever be fooled by thinking yeah, yeah, of course. realistic. But he is, they make, the animation makes him into such an interesting character to watch that every time yeah. he's on, even though he's this, you know, whatever model, only yay big, it's like, oh, but I like this character. He's, he's like a cartoon character almost come to life. And yeah, like, and they... They did pretty good with the animatronic head too. It's super limited, but considering what the technology was like back then, the, the puppet, the puppetry, or whatever they used to do the head and the face was pretty, pretty good. See, I thought got that laying in the mouth. So yeah, I, I see. <laughs> I thought I thought that Kong was creepy when they used the uh, real life animatronic head. It, it's it, it, there's something. It, it is, but it, I think it's because it's so limited. Like, it's got, like, a jaw movement, yeah. an upper lip movement, and the eyes move, and that's just about it, and the I head just it, goes back and forth, so I it's, guess it's, it's a little yeah. off-putting. I guess it's like that creepiness you can have with, like, some animatronics, that kind of, I guess, uncanny valley. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, but it's an ape. Um, for for 33, though, I thought I was pretty impressed by it, considering what the technology was like back then, so. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, golly, and thirty, it, 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 I, and I love. Yeah, there's just so much about thirty threes. Yeah, it's good. It, it, I, I do think it holds up so well. And yeah, uh, well, I'm sure some listeners are are saying this, and yes, there are definitely some racial stuff in that that is pretty darn questionable. So mm, go ahead. I think we go that. from a, yeah, I think we go from a little bit of the racist to a little bit of the sexist for a little bit between the two. Just a little bit. Oh, I mean, it's, uh, un- yeah. unfortunately, for a movie that holds up from 1933, it is definitely a movie rooted in 1933 yeah. in certain ways. Mm-hmm. But that's why people yep. got to focus on the Kong and the dinosaur. Yep. Yeah. I mean, just remember, if you're going to watch it, it is 1933. So, mm-hmm. and I, as much as I like the movie, I still cringe at some of those parts. So, oh, but yeah. there is also as good as the movie is, like I, like I said before, watching it through modern eyes, there are some parts that will make you laugh. Like when they're hiding behind the boot, like the bamboo looking sticks, like mm-hmm. when they first see the village, it's like six things and they're just like peering through. It's like you can obviously see them, but it's pretty funny. I was laughing pretty hard at that. I, I was like, I forgot that that even happened. <laughs> and then they decide to set the camera up, and they just not even—they're not even secretive. They just puts the camera up, and I'm like, Yeah, yeah you're definitely gonna be seen, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, considering—I mean, yeah, they—they they suffered losses, but considering how it could happen, they could have—we could have turned into like Cannibal Holocaust or something. For sure, for sure. So you like I'm I'm take I'm gonna I'm gonna guess you like thirty three better as well. Uh yeah, I mean I like various versions of Kong, but thirty three is definitely my favorite. Yeah. Uh, it just it it is a very remarkable how I think if you allow you know, like a lot of giant monster movies, I think yeah. if you allow yourself to kinda take down the walls that you have when you have a critical eye towards media and sort of accept like, okay, I know this isn't going to look realistic. I know it's going to look kind of fake, but yeah. is it going to like, you know, tickle the synapses of my brain to for sure so that it looks cool or it looks fun or it looks, you know, or it seems whatever. Is it going to be entertaining on different levels as long as I accept the artifice of it, you know? Uh, sure. And yeah, like like you're saying, just in general, you just got to remember if you're going to watch 33, it's made in 33. If you're going to watch 76, it's made in 76. They're limited by technology and everything else. So, oh, speaking and of society. That, yeah. Speaking of what? that 76 movie. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, this I, I have to admit, 
there are a couple things I like about 76 Kong, but I am not really crazy about this one. Yeah, I like two things, uh, Jeff Bridges and Charles Grodin, because Grodin's in like everything in the 70s and the 80s. Oh, I, I, I <laughs> love Charles Grodin. It's, yeah, he's funny. Oh, isn't it so weird? Because he, he is a wonderful actor. But he, he was at one, considering what the Hollywood scene is like these days, he was a movie star at one point. Like, he was a guy who headlined movies. A guy like he that. Was also, he was also that guy in a ton of movies as a kid when you don't know. Like, I didn't follow actors and stuff as a kid, but I remember seeing that dude in, like, every movie. He, like, every he, movie. He, was, he always was the best at being this put-upon, annoyed man. He yeah, was just the best sure. at being frustrated for by everybody sure. around him. Uh, when yeah. he unfortunately passed away a while back, uh, do you know what what uh, project of his I decided to put on? No, no. What'd you do? I decided to go on the internet, find it, and watch it because I wanted to enjoy seeing his performance in the TV special "The Muppets Go to Walt Disney World." That's awesome. That's so good. Yeah, where he That's plays genius. A, where he plays a put upon security guard who's trying to track down the Muppets. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that was amazing to watch. Oh yeah, remembrance. It's oh, great. Man, that's a good call. Uh, there that's was a good a, call. There's an amazing shot. So yeah, in in the in the special, he's like, ah, I'm the security guard, and I gotta track down these Muppets. <laughs> ah. There's an amazing shot where he is he's walking down Main Street. And he is being helped by the seven dwarves, the uh, the costume seven dwarves. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And he's just like, come on, you're supposed to be the best man. Come on, look harder. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, my God, Charles Grodin, you were a So good. Mm-hmm. So good. He's good. Yeah, I mean, there was oh, some cool stuff. There, there was some decent stuff about 76, I suppose. Um, I really like John Barry's score for the movie. Yeah, that's a good call. You know what really kind of annoyed me the most about Kong, though, in 76 is his roar. And it felt like for like a third of the movie, it was like nonstop the same sound. Like there wasn't much difference in it. And I was just like, oh, it's like getting to my brain a little bit. It's like you're hearing a uh, morning zoo crew. Yeah. And a soundboard I, of the same thing. I'm, yeah. Yeah. And I'm an audio person, so it was the 70s, so he's got, like, an echo on it. So there's, like, a slight delay. Oh, So you can no. hear it twice. So, like, I started focusing in on that, too, because I'm a very audible person. <laughs> so then I really started focusing on his on his growl. But, yeah, I'm, I think in general, though, besides the creepy eyes we talked about, I think the costume looked pretty good for 76. Like, it's not bad. That's Rick baker baker yeah, yeah and okay. somebody else i think uh i can't remember who else uh, it's carlos rambaldi who that's did right the mechanics for the face and he also uh maybe most famously carlos rambaldi designed the mechanisms for the xenomorph for the first mm-hmm. alien and uh many other great movie monsters you know i, yeah, I, I yeah with 76 i i uh i here's the thing i i mm-hmm. read this where the director I don't think was a special effects person necessarily. No, he didn't seem like he was. And so I think a lot of the shots are like, they put the camera on a tripod and didn't move at much. So there's not much like fluidity or action to a lot of the special effects shots. It just feels, it feels very like 
stayed a lot, like very kind of slow, unintentionally slow. For sure, but there's some there's some decent things I would say about his use of the camera though. Like um, when they have Kong on the ship and he's in that 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 uh, the fuel tank, when mm-hmm. he's like defeated and sitting in the bottom, they do that ultra wide shot from way up top. Oh, and it makes yeah, him look yeah, small. Yeah. Yeah, makes him look yeah, small, yeah. so it like adds to the defeated feel of him. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, there's little things like that that the guy does once in a while as the director, but yeah, he's, he's definitely a lot of stagnant shots. It feels like. Yeah. Did Did you uh, ever see the sequel to the 1976 remake, King Kong Lives? I did not. Oh, that, that is, is not a movie I've seen. I'm it, sure that's a that's a thing. I'm sure. Oh, you okay? Not a good movie, <laughs> but yeah. it is a crazy movie. Because oh, do you want? Do I would you want imagine. Me to... okay. yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I would imagine it's something that you laugh through and enjoy that way because it's not supposed to be funny, but it probably is. So here's the basic plot: King oh, Kong ha- does survive his fall from the World Trade Center buildings, which uh, that's a that, that's a that's a that's thing. a thing. <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> oh man, can you can you not watch any version of King Kong without feeling a little cringe about something? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, okay so king kong lives is about how uh king kong is still barely surviving and Mm -hmm. so linda hamilton builds a giant artificial heart for king kong but he needs a but he needs a blood transfusion and they discover king kong's mate on the island and so they so they need to bring her to the mainlands to give king kong a blood transfusion sweet i'm gonna drink a beer and watch this this is gonna be hilarious oh it's uh ooh, yeah it? i never i don't know why but i never got around to watching this one oh it's one of uh, the kongs i missed oh once you'll see it you'll see uh because this took place in the 80s and much like how 76 is firmly in the 70s king kong lives oh. is firmly in the 80s it is oh, not boy. good but uh yeah, I think with the right uh, the right levels of inebriation, I think it'll have a good time. Uh, I think it'll be funny regardless. Oh, I um, mean, I, not to spoil it, but I think it may be. It honestly might be the most unique King Kong movie of the <laughs> of the Kong filmography. Oh man, that's so funny. Yeah, he runs. Uh, King Kong runs around the uh, rural South at one point. That's ridiculous. Oh yeah, I'm watching this. Yeah, I'm watching a, this. That's yeah. great. Look, go uh, look if uh, if if iTunes rentals go oh, up I'm sure. for King Kong Lives. You have this podcast to thank, uh, Universal. <laughs> I'm sure it will. I hope it does. And if you want to watch the 76, it's on Paramount Plus for free if you have a subscription already. Oh, excellent, excellent. So, uh, you know, speaking of Universal, we do have some theme park stuff to get to. But before we get to that, are there any last thoughts that you have about either the original 1933 version of King Kong or the 1976 remake of King Kong. No, I am curious about one thing though, even though we didn't talk about it, the, the Peter Jackson one, if we put all three of them in line, mm-hmm. what is your, what is your, what is your order for those? My order is 1933, 2005 yep. Peter Jackson. Yep. That's what I thought. And 76. Although I will say the Peter Jackson one gets less fun the, every time I revisit it. So, I think that is definitely one you got to watch with a little bit of a gap in it. And remember that it's more of like a love note to the original than it is like an original movie. That's how I look at it. it it's definitely you can tell that he loves that movie for whatever reason for him. But well, yeah, if that's you, pretty much the same order I would have to. 
Well, if you were to hear my true sensibilities, King Kong 33 is number one, but number two would be uh, 1962's King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, too. And then there's always the knockoffs like Conga and stuff like that. I oh, think yeah. I, saw. I haven't was, watched that yeah. yet. What was the one? Wasn't it a John Landis movie where... Oh, it, probably. It's, it's a... It's a, it's a gorilla but it is just a gorilla a guy in a gorilla yeah and he falls in love with a human. yeah that is i think it is a john land i can't remember the name of it though yeah, i've seen like that it was landis's career yeah yeah that was out with uh i for some reason i always link that in my head with that uh what was that baby dinosaur movie too from the 80s baby Di- oh, wh- oh was it like a bi was it like a four-legged dinosaur Man, these are some monster movies that Yeah, these are some eighties. These are some eighties movies. These are, these are these are some like uh, we need to lift the rug to find these monster <laughs> movies. There were so many in the eighties though, man. They just went off and the seventies and eighties just kind of teed off on all this stuff. Hey, speaking of the eighties, I think the eighties wonderfully teed off into the nineties, and so let's go ahead and get <laughs> the year nineteen ninety. For yes. confrontation. Yeah, yeah, such a good ride. The protagonist we face in an adventure may not be human. It may be an element of nature or a huge and terrifying creature whose origins are a product of nature gone awry. A horrifying piece of prehistory clashing with modern normalcy. Beauty and the Beast story of King Kong terrified audiences in 1933 and again in the 1976 remake. But the nerve-snapping tension created by the sight of the giant ape breaking loose to devastate a city has been far surpassed. Confrontation is a colossal experience in terror. Roosevelt Island tramway in New York, when suddenly we see the wake of his carnage. It is destruction on a catastrophic scale. Our tram will not stop. It can only go forward. Smoke fills the air as fires from the devastation create a blazing inferno. And then there he is, the terrifying giant ape. before the howling fury. We are face to face with him as he threatens to send us careening downward. There's no turning back.
Confrontation opened on June 7th, 1990 at Universal Studios Florida. The attraction was a dark ride that expanded from the King Kong encounter that was featured on the Universal Hollywood Studio Tour. It closed on September 8th, 2002 and replaced with Revenge of the Mummy. So, unfortunately, uh, Confrontation is an experience you can no longer uh, experience. So, Yeah, sadly. Sadly. Now, much like the movie question, do you remember uh, your early thoughts or early impressions about the ride Confrontation? All right. So this ride... I love this ride. And as a kid, it was also the sets that I loved. I loved going through like the subway kind of feel to get to the first of all, real quick. When you go in, it was Pennsylvania Station, right? But when you get on the ride vehicle is Roosevelt, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. I think, so, so I think you go in as a subway station and it becomes the huh. the thing. But Anyway, yeah, I, I remember like looking at all the graffiti and like loving looking at all that stuff and feeling like you were actually in the city, which I had been to. So it was it was cool. Even like after I went on the ride a couple of times, I stopped paying attention to the ride and just looked around the cityscape and just looked at everything. I was so like enthralled by all of it. The sets were great. They were pretty big. And then seeing the giant animatronics were amazing. And I, I always loved it and made me a little scared when I was a kid, but I still liked it. So. Yeah, to give a little bit of context for those who haven't ridden this or haven't seen any old video footage of this, this is a dark ride, as mentioned before, but it is a suspended track Mm. dark ride, uh, similar to, uh, like, say, Peter Pan's Flight, where you get in a ride vehicle, but instead of being attached to a track below you, it's a track attached to the uh, ceiling of the Mm -hmm. ride building. And, uh, yeah, like, it it was the Roosevelt... uh, Trans it Roosevelt it was the Roosevelt transport uh right yes it was okay yeah and uh so, yeah go ahead yeah and so you're in uh you know that you one of these cable cars uh, cable cars that's right I was escaping <laughs> I've never been to New York so these are all just theme park ideas in my head <laughs> for now <laughs> I'm like cable car how did how did Universal Creative come up with that <laughs> oh, th- uh. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you're in a cable car and you go through the city of New York, uh, city and you encounter a giant animatronic of King Kong twice. And yeah, it, 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 like you said, it's really impressive because instead of using, you know, screens or projections or whatever they built, uh, for the sets of this ride building, like, three-story, four-story sets of, like, you could see the streets of New York below you and, like, four-story buildings. Yeah, you could see through into the windows of some of the uh, some of the spaces, too. Yeah. It was really, really cool. It was really well done. Yeah, and, and they have a very appropriately scaled King Kong, so it wasn't just, like, you know, a part of King Kong's torso or the upper chest and head of King Kong. It, this is, like, a full <laughs> from head down to the toes king kong animatronic yep. that you encounter twice and uh yeah. it's that i mean i it's it's funny to think that like you know i think here's the thing i think sometimes mm-hmm. people get a little too happy to dogpile on universal when it comes to the screen thing um, yeah but My, oh go, go ahead. ahead no no go ahead please well i was gonna say however when you do think about the level of immersion and set design that went into confrontation it's like huh 
something like that doesn't really exist anymore. So I, yeah, there is maybe a little bit of that magic that, if not gone, it seems maybe a little bit uh, muted these days. Probably. I mean, somewhat. Uh, my my thing with the screens is it's not how it's not it's not if their screens is how they're used. That's mm-hmm. my thing with the screens. But uh, yeah, Kong was definitely different, and the 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 ride vehicles were definitely different i mean they moved up and down so not just across the cable well the roof track if you mm-hmm. want to look at it that way but just because kong shook you so the thing had to move up and down on like an accordion i think is how they did that yeah, yeah. And the other cool thing that they did that is now missing is there was a live tm on there with you yeah live so team they were actually on. yep so they were actually doing the show with you just like jaws and you know jungle cruise and all those other kind of similar rides so yeah, that he, was cool too yeah you had that kind of typical like uh, theme park employee going like, "Oh, everyone, we're gonna have a happy ride here." Do, 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 do. Oh, we're no. just gonna escape. <laughs> oh, no, he escaped, and ah, and you know all that fun, you know all that fun yeah. theme park acting, you know, where you just overact to every everything that's happening around you. That's the best type yep. of acting. And then they had the TVs too on there. I remember with the actual. I think they got an actual news anchor from New York. I didn't live in New York, but I think yeah. that guy was actually an anchor. I and do remember they, that I believe from like the making of stuff uh, yeah. that I researched that yeah they had an actual New York news anchor doing news report on like oh these citizens like these civilians have escaped the wrath of King Kong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was your favorite part of that ride? What did you remember the most? Oh, uh, so okay, I have two things. Um, mm-hmm. So on ride, I distinctly remember being surprised by uh, the quote unquote drop. So essentially, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what the what the cable car does, uh, it it you know King Kong the King Kong animatronic isn't actually like grabbing you and dropping you. It's it's just as we mentioned before, the cable car is shaking around in the appropriate spots and just uh, you know uh, giving you that uh, motion simulator effect. And so at one point, it's supposed to feel like the like King Kong drops the cable car and it's just like the cable mm-hmm. car just i don't know maybe doing like a half foot of like like of maybe some of maybe it going down <laughs> kind of slightly but i remember as a kid when yeah, you're yeah, a little kid and you're all primed you're like ah! it, it felt like <laughs> super scary yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, I mean that looked good though, considering you know they had the giant animatronic. It looked like he was. It did a pretty good job of making it look like he was grabbing, grabbing. Oh yeah, and so it was uh, pretty good. Oh yeah, and and then my second memory, my second distinct memory of this comes from before I ever went on confrontation, mm-hmm. and uh, so to give further context on this ride, uh, once you exited the ride, you of course went into a gift shop, but, <laughs> but, but yeah. in this gift shop there used to be a photo opportunity. Yep. So there was this big giant replica of King Kong's head, chest, and his hand. Yep. Uh, but his hand was sort of centered uh, in front of his chest. And for the photo, what you would do is you would basically walk up and sort of uh, position yourself to be in the in king kong's hand and so mm-hmm. you know you make like a scared face or whatever photo gets taken and it looks like oh no king kong has grabbed you ah what a fun family photo <laughs> um, that's 
If that's not on brand for Universal, I don't know what is. Indeed. Now, so <laughs> I mentioned this because I remember this must have been before I ever went to Universal Studios at all as a little kid, but my mm. parents had went. And so they came back and they showed me that they both had gotten this photo of them getting into the King Kong hand and making a scared face. And they made up a story. Oh, no. Not that it, <laughs> oh, it did scare me, but it fascinated me. Where like, oh, yeah, you know, we went on the King Kong ride and it was a lot of fun. Oh, and here's the craziest thing. At one point, King Kong actually reached in and he grabbed us. He grabbed us and then, and then you know, he kind of, you know, held us for a little bit. And then he uh, reached his hand back into the cable car and then he sat us down. And then we waved goodbye to King Kong. And, That's awesome. Yeah. And then and they were like, and here's the photo to prove that this happened. And I was like, whoa. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I thought that was like the most amazing ride experience one could ever have to be yeah, right? lifted out of your ride vehicle by uh, one of the main characters of the ride experience. That's pretty cool, actually. That's pretty clever, your parents. Can yeah. That. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Oh, man. I wonder if that photo of my parents is still around. I may need to ask. I them. hope so. That's fun. pretty rad. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, would, would you have been delighted by that if King Kong reached into the cable car and grabbed I you? I probably would have been... Uh, <laughs> Completely absorbed by it and terrified of it at the same time, and want to go on the ride. Yeah, what do you got to do? He he grabbed you. What what do you got to do? Exactly, shake around and maybe break your <laughs> break your leg against the robotic fingers of King Kong. I know, right? You know what else I remember is uh, in the scene where the helicopter comes to you and that spotlight comes on. I remember always getting blinded by that thing. Like always, never remembered to look away from that thing, and that yeah. light is bright. They, I mean, that whole ride is trying to disorient you with like oh, for slides sure. and being shaken around. And, uh, you know, any discussion of confrontation has to mention the banana bread. <laughs> yeah, I never really caught that. I don't remember that smell, to be honest with you. I never really caught a whiff of that breath. I, I know it was there and I always tried to tried to smell it, but I really never did. I don't remember it. I do remember it, but. I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I have. I always have a feeling that, you know, when theme park attractions mm. keep going on for years and years, months and months, I have a feeling that a lot of times smell effects are like one of the first things they like shut off to like. Mm, probably. Like, yeah, who cares about whatever they smell? You know, just turn it off for like a week or so. To There's probably only money. a few places you would actually really notice the smell being gone. I do. Re- Here's the funny thing. I do remember that smell. Now, recently, Universal has put out a line of scented candles mm-hmm. that's supposed to "quote unquote" smell like old attractions. And <laughs> it's funny because, like, they have one for confront. <laughs> have you smelled this yet? They have one for confrontation. I haven't smelled that one yet. No, I've seen the pictures, but I haven't smelled it yet. Okay, I smelled it, and you know, sense memory can you know not maybe not be correct, but. It doesn't smell of the confrontation banana breath, which, you know, who knows if they really even cared about getting that. Yeah. But that candle just straight up smells like banana runs. Um, like it just like those, candy, <laughs> those little hard powdery candies. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Although I at do least they didn't go. At least they didn't go with like the smell of New York City. That would have been atrocious. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they, I mean, you could just collect like the water of like 
I don't know, St. Cloud or probably uh, it's probably close. Yeah. Here's the thing, people who aren't Floridians, like there's your Orlando's and your Cocoa beaches and whatnot. But then there's other places in Florida that are kind of, <laughs> oof. yeah, sometimes places in Orlando that are kind of, oof. yeah, a little bit, but there's some awesome places too. Oh, totally. I mean, Hey, that's, that's always the makeup of like any major For sure. city. Um, but yeah, confrontation is, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, when I, I guess that ride closed down, um, because, you know, thinking about it, it is quite a technical challenge. You have two full size animatronics and you have all these cable cars, you have all these effects that have to happen on these, uh, true to life or, or two scale New York buildings and sets. So yeah, I can... I can maybe understand it and the fact that, uh, oh, oh, well, I'll, I will get your opinion on this. How mm-hmm. do you feel about Confrontation being replaced by Revenge of the Mummy? Oh, that's evil. Why would you do that? Um, eh, just just what are your general thoughts? You don't have to say a preference, but, you know, how do you, how do you feel about that? I don't think I have a preference because I like them both so much. But the mummy is definitely one of the most fun rides, in my opinion. It's not like the scariest, most thrilling, most absolute fun ever, but it's like it's like a mainstay for me. Yeah. But and the I, hard part about it is that it replaced a mainstay for me. So yeah. I have a feeling that like the reason confrontation doesn't sting as much as well, as much as like the aforementioned journey into imagination is the fact yeah. that Revenge of the Mummy is a quality attraction. It so, is. you know, it, it doesn't make people as mad, whereas uh, whereas the current version of Journey into Imagination is... Uh, makes people mad. Makes hey, people mad. hey, how it about lacks, this? It lacks imagination, as I like to say, apparently. Well, how about this for imagination? What if... So confrontation is obviously gone. Mm-hmm. What if you do a new version of Journey into Imagination, but it's a suspended cable car attraction... And you and, and then you encounter a giant King Kong sized figment who rocks your ride vehicle. How about that? Yeah, of course I'm into that. I'll take a yeah. giant giant figment's fine with me. Like figments, like like figment. <laughs> he's had 20 years of the bad ride, so he's like really, really mad. He's like, ah, why? Why did you make me joke around with Eric Idle for all these years? Ah, I'm gonna shake your cable car. Ah. A little a little bit of a mix of Kong and Godzilla, just wrecking some city, trying to get to the the cable car to save us yeah i mean uh yeah i mean uh, if they make them if they make figment kaiju size it could be like disney's godzilla that's great i'm into that yeah. i'll take anything figment really like Figment and drink finder man bring it bring it i'm yeah. into that yeah uh, and we also just, and mm-hmm. they did soften the blow a little bit by giving us another kong ride but i'll save that for somebody else to talk about okay so, okay yeah okay. yeah they did a little soften that blow a little it's not the greatest ride but i like it I think people, uh, what's what would be the terminology in baseball? It's like a double or a triple. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I yeah. think it's all worth it for the the end. But I'll, yeah. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. I think they knew with Skull, uh, in case you haven't ridden Skull Island Reign of Kong, which is the current day King Kong attraction that you can find at Islands of Adventure based on the 2005 Peter Jackson uh, movie. Uh, there is a lot of screens in that ride but it does end with a giant pretty advanced animatronic of king kong uh it is two scale unfortunately not full body two scale you just 
see uh, upper chest and face, but it, it's an impressive. It, it feels is. like and an I impressive was... way to end it, and also I feel like Universal knew they they had to do an animatronic Kong, or else they'd make yeah. people mad. People would have been real mad. I would have been mad. And look at me. I'm trying to dance around it, and I didn't want to take another episode from somebody and just jumping right into it. Oh, that's okay. It's fine. I mean, people, look, people have very strong feelings when it comes to King Kong confrontation to these theme park attractions. Uh, confrontation. It was just so good, man. Like, to bring it back to that, it was just such a good ride. It was different. I really liked it because it was different. Okay. Here's a, que- here's, here's a question, then. Oh, boy. You, uh... Okay, here's the thing. Harry Potter comes mm-hmm. to you, and he's like, hey, it's like, hello, Ian, it's me, Harry Potter. Oh, boy. Ah, you remember me and my adventures at Hogwarts? Yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it's okay that I sound <laughs> like this, right? <laughs> it's fine. I, yeah, I've grown older. Remember when I had that weird, weird age I mean, face at the end of Deathly Hollows? <laughs> yeah, you're good. Let's go, Harry. What do you got? Okay, well, I, I have... I have the time thing. Oh, I'm getting old, so I don't uh, remember things like that. It's time turner. Ah, sure. I don't. I'm not into magic these days. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually an insurance agent now. So you got. So you got a DeLorean. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh wait, I'm getting doing that voice now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's me, Harry Potter, and I have a timekeeper. And Ian, you uh-huh. can use this timekeeper to go back in time and you know, undo wrongs, right, rights, And I think it is possible for you to use the timekeeper to prevent confrontation from being closed down and to remain forever open for generations to come. Ian, do you accept the timekeeper to do this? Mm, I'm going to say no as much as I want to say yes because the mummy is so good, but I'll still steal it from you and go fix imagination that's that'll do oh very good i am a fan <laughs> i am also a fan of figments as well but yeah yeah no i, I it's hard because the mummy is really so good it, like i said it's one of my mainstays i like go on that whenever i can so oh, oh it's same. so good it's uh, so good that's so good all right i'm i'm leaving now goodbye <laughs> later Bye. um oh, well, also okay. Also, it's it, it, if if you if if well, you probably are aware because you did the uh, research. But there is still uh-huh. some of the confrontation tracks in the building. Yeah, I guess like for those that may not know, for those who may. Hey, look, just like they say, look to the heavens for those dearly yep. departed. Look to the heavens of the Mummy Ride building, and you can still see the track layout for confrontation. Yes, yeah, they built it as part of the building, so it's kind of a pain for them to take it out. So it's still there. What if, what if you could just somehow secretly install a cable car to that track and somehow <laughs> move it down, move it around as the mummy is still what, operating? Yeah, I wonder what kind of things you'd hit in the mummy. That's oh, even I, more fun. Like. Knock, knock over that that knock over that face of Emotep that's throwing up at you. <laughs> You're like and just tip it over. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, I did hear it. I don't remember for sure because I wasn't at the event, but wasn't there a time when they used uh, confrontation for a for an HHN house and they had like foam and stuff in there? Yeah, something where you could like, like walk through there. Yeah, where I guess I don't a hundred percent like have the research on this, but I guess yeah, you could you exited the Kong ride, but instead of going through the gift shop, you could exit through. 
the actual uh, New York street sets mm-hmm. of the ride building. And they had like, you know, characters down there going like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, I heard and, there was like green foam or something and all kinds of stuff, like I said before, going on down there. So oh. that's pretty cool. I wish maybe, I got to do that. Yeah. Well, maybe you want to stay in the cable car then. It's like, I don't want to go down there. There's green foam know, down I, there. I, I kind of want to go in the green foam. I don't know. He can oh, hang uh, out, <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, listeners, uh, l- listeners, if you're looking for gifts to give to Ian, he apparently loves green, green foam. foam. Green yeah. foam. <laughs> the green foam he, it calls to you, Ian. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I wish I was there for that one. That must have been cool to walk through those sets in general. Yeah. I. Um, oh, imagine if like, <laughs> imagine if they just covered the Kong animatronic in green foam. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, or if he spit out the green foam instead of the banana breath. Oh, now that now that's a now that's a <laughs> horror night plus up there. Like the, maybe they should do that. They should just have like uh, the the ride the animatronics on the rides just spit at you. Like yeah, <laughs> and have it be green foam. Just green foam. That's perfect. It'll be like him snotting out of his mouth. It's funny. yeah. It's funny. And, you know it's these funny. horror night fans are all about yeah the pizza fries and yeah this and that. But now they're all. <laughs> foam so like puking kongs as yeah, like a HHN collectible exactly. yeah exactly people will like yeah. try to you know use their blinky cups at horror nights like <laughs> off the phone. oh man uh, all right all right enough about this green foam though but, yeah uh, but uh you know before we depart the dearly departed confrontation are there any last thoughts that you have about this beloved ride no, it was great. Uh, I hope hope a lot of listeners got to ride it, have good memories of it. And for those who didn't, the POVs are pretty good. They're not amazing, but they're pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, I miss it. But, you know, Universal definitely does not hang on this nostalgic stuff very much besides E.T. So mm. it's part of the nature of the beast over there. Indeed, indeed. And uh, the nature of the beast is that we get to, well, we get to the ultimate question of the podcast oh. so oh boy Ian, we've talked about two king kong movies we've talked about one king kong ride mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you like some you like you maybe don't care for others but if you had to compare and contrast what mm-hmm. is your preferred king kong experience is it king kong the movie or king kong the ride. Do you ride oh. the ride or movie the movie, as we say? Ride, ride the ride for sure. Because it was. Oh. I mean, you get to see like a full size Kong, like the confrontation. It was still there. You ride that, so you get three D version of Kong, like right there for real. Yeah, you don't need oh, the three yeah. D glasses. Time. He's right nope. every time. Yeah. I take the ride. Oh wow! Oh. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're gonna come with me, we're gonna fire back. Oh my Same. god! Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You're the you're the rubber man there because everything I throw at you bounces. Yeah, well, it's me. a conversation, so you know we got to find out what you think too. No, I'm an interviewer. I'm only supposed to ask you questions <laughs> and then just stay. That's quiet fair. That's for, fair <laughs> for the running time. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I go uh, ride. We'll stick with that. Uh, no, no. I'll I'll be late. Hey, look, we are fair and balanced on. Uh, this podcast. So, we nice, need, nice. so i will say that uh i love confrontation it's great but i must say the 1933 movie is a classic for a reason so i have to pick the movie it's a good call can't be mad at it but you know i want to be i want to be in the presence of the dude for real so you know right yeah. it is 
I agree. I agree. And you know what I agree with? I agree that this was a fun time I had with you. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Not Appreciate a problem. It. Yeah. And uh, well, before we let you go, uh, are there any projects that you'd like to plug or any social media that you'd like to mention? Um, if this is out in June, we probably still have a fundraiser going on for the Trevor project. Uh, I think this is going to be out after the auctions and the sales that we do, but there will be a video up, I believe, and all of the the monetization will be going to the Trevor project. So if you want to help us out, just watch the video. It's pretty much all I got to do. It'll be on Park Stop Podcast, I believe is where Alicia is going to post it uh, on the, what is it, Theme Park Stop on YouTube. She has so many names for these Park Stop things. We have Orlando Park Stop Theme Park. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, Orlando yeah. Park Stop, Theme Park Stop, Park Stop Podcast, Park Stop Presents. <laughs> but it'll be on the YouTube channel. And if you want to see, if you want to see any of the art artists that donated, I think if the charity page is still up, which it should be, you can see the people that donated, and you can see some of the work. If you want to just support some artists that supported us and the project, by all means, we got some pretty incredible people chipping in on this. So it's really cool stuff that I'm going to be probably fighting with Travis over now because I told yeah. him some. Yeah, you're going to see who really uh who really won the uh over who who how many overdraft fees do you think <laughs> will occur will incur during this auction. It's going to be trouble. It's going to be trouble. Yeah. Oh, and uh God. yeah, and then please uh it is a wonderful charity. It's wonderful proceeds and uh definitely if you if you care about theme parks or if you just care about the state of the world and how people live, definitely definitely keep your eye out for that or hey contribute donate yeah for sure um yeah wonderful stuff and speaking of wonderful wonderful stuff wonderful time talking to you mr ian thank you for being on the show it was my pleasure thanks for asking it was a lot of fun man I want to say thank you once again to Ian Kaufman for being a great guest on the show. And for you, the listeners, thank you for sticking around, listening to this whole thing. Because, listeners, we are coming to the end. Next week will be our season finale. So, you know, stay tuned as we cruise to the end of the summer, or at least the summer season here on this show. Until next week, though, you can follow this program on Twitter at TPTMPod. Email the show at TPTMPod at gmail.com, and you can rate this show five stars. Give it a good rating review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're feeling especially nice and generous. Like I said, next week will be the season finale, but we're going to have a fun season finale. Don't worry, everyone. It's not... A sad, sad time because it's over. It's going to be a wonderful time because we've had a wonderful journey over these past couple weeks. But until that season finale, I'll see you at the snack stand.
Come on.